Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, Keir Thomas, I think he had one of his sacks. It was the one where he actually get held. He got held and still made the sack on um, playing from the inside. I apologize. Have y'all been doing that a ton with him? Was it more this week? And what does he bring you when you put him inside on a on a pass rushing down like that? Uh, we definitely put we've been putting him inside most of the year, Corey. Just on typical on 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 general pass downs. You know, it hasn't been a hundred percent. You know, but we've definitely I would say out of a hundred percent of his snaps, it's probably been thirty percent inside. Um, so we have moved around some and. You know, he's got really good anticipation, you know, just get off and snap counts. And um, so we just try to use that a little bit in those situations. So that was a three down front. He kind of was able to anticipate the snap count and create a holding. And, you know, it was a good rush by him. I was just curious, like, how do you do you look at a defensive performance as a, the big picture or do you or is it all the little pieces? Just because it seemed like a game where there were stretches where you guys were dominant. Um, in phases, you guys were dominant, but then also gave up the big plays and get the loss. So how, how do you evaluate how you guys played? If somebody asks you, how did you guys play Saturday? Like, what do you say? Uh, not good enough to win. You know, it's always like whatever, you know, we got to win the game 14-13. You know, that's the end of the day of try to how you break it down for them. Um, but it's hard to overall say we played like we go over our objective board every every week you know in the order the things that we deem really important see if we've achieved any of those when we don't this is why when we did this is why then we show them basically a short version of the game and we show them there's some really positives and there's some that aren't good and we just go through them. I usually go through them chronologically as the game would have gone on. Sometimes I cut it up a little bit different. Um, and we're not afraid to show any clips, good or bad, because the game rides with emotions. So we try to be as honest and transparent when we watch it, um, call out what was really good and call out what wasn't good. And, you know, there were obviously some plays that created 28 points. And, you know, it wasn't drives, it was chunk plays, you know, whether it was a missed tackle whether it was wrong leverage, you know, whatever it was. So, you know, we call it out. We try to adjust it. There's been a lot of copycat plays, you know, which I think is a credit to our guys because they've been playing pretty good and hard. And, you know, so teams look at what other teams have done and, and try to execute those plays, um, which I've seen happen over the years. And so it gives us, you know, there was, a, there was a copycat play that they ran on Kevin that he matched up really well on a third medium that we've been practicing. You saw his excitement because it was preparation, not only physical skill, but it was his preparation through the weeks of knowing they may not run this play, but 
other teams have. He saw it, executed it. Uh, we just got to do that more consistently with everybody. Coach, when it is something as fundamental as tackling that, that's an issue, is it for you as a competitor, is it one of those things where it's like, hey, it's a fundamental, we work on this, we can get this fixed easily, or is it, man, it's week 11, why is this not sticking uh, with our guys? Yeah, I mean, tackling is sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's want to, sometimes it's technique, sometimes it's talent. You know, there's a bunch of attributes to it. Uh, what will coach is the effort, the intent, the technique, and then it's our job to put guys out there that can make the plays. And we're constantly trying to evaluate how we're coaching it and who we're coaching. And um, at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be one-on-one -on -one plays out there. On defense, you're trying to make it two-on-one -on -one as much as you can. But there's going to be one-on-one -on -one plays. And you try to educate them the angles, the effort, the technique, the finish. Um, but unfortunately, some of those uh, missed tackles showed up, and they went for big chunk plays. And you know, for us to win that game, that can't happen. So you know, disappointed that it did. Um, trying to get it fixed every single moment, and uh, you know, just wish we could have had a few of them back. And you know, I, I thought the backside of plays for the most part, our guys hustled. Um, because usually you can overcome some missed tackles with good pursuit and good angles. But sometimes when it's a DB missing a tackle, it's because there's a lot of space. And even the best pursuit comes down to taking up all that space. And unfortunately, that happened um, four times Saturday. What are the challenges Miami's offense presents, and what has Van Dyke brought to them in his early career there? He's playing with a lot of confidence. You know, usually. Success has to breed confidence. It looked like his confidence breeded the success. Um, he feels really confident um, in what they're asking him to do. I mean, they keep it pretty clean for him um, with similar formations and, you know, just they spread things across the field. So they're pretty clean for him. Uh, he's got a real live arm. You know, he's big. He's got a back that can create some plays for them as well, which always helps out a quarterback. Um, and they've been winning it on the outside. So. Um, there, I think it's no secret that he's offered a big spark to that football program. And, um, you know, he's done a really good job. I haven't seen a lot of their games yet, but uh, Rambo obviously has had a lot of success, especially since this change. Do they use him in different ways? How, how do they get him the ball? No, he's, he, he's an outside receiver. Um, there's some that they move him around, but for the most part, you know where he's going to line up. And they've created some balance because of the explosiveness of the running back. And um, the quarterbacks and the play callers' willingness to throw the ball up to him, you know. And there's some wideouts you just don't have confidence putting the ball one on ones. Uh, there's some that you do. They have confidence in him, and um, he's extremely athletic around the ball, you know. And he's made a lot of the one on one plays. And the quarterbacks done a nice job of putting it where he can make a play. Um, but you know, they've created explosives and. You know, a lot more than people have stopped over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is a team that's that's on a roll offensively, and they've done a really nice job, especially with the quarterback and him. Their relationship um, that's showing up statistically is really glaring right now. Adam, when you're when you're going over those clips, and one of those kind of ugly missed tackles happens. Um, are you getting the response from not only the player that made them had the missed tackle, but maybe his teammates? Because you always hear from coaches about how accountability within a team is where you know they're starting to buy in and grow. And not saying that you want to get angry with a teammate, but th there can be some of that too. And is there that accountability 
that you're looking for within the team when a play like that happens? Yeah, Corey, part of our growth this year is you do feel that. You feel it in practice, you feel it on the sidelines, like like frustration, but also, you know, anger and, you know, hey, listen, that's like a not acceptable type thing. And when people say it, there's less rolling of eyes and looking the other way and more of making eye contact and feeling like you let your teammates down. And that's the typical approach, you know, <clears throat> when you fail, you know, as a coordinator, you know, you want to admit it and you feel like you let them down when they don't make the play. I mean, that's that's the response that you're looking for, not because you want people to be shamed, but because you want the acceptance of failure so that you can, because until you admit that you made a mistake, it's hard to get better. You know, whether that's schematically or whether it's just missing a dang tackle on the perimeter. And once you accept it, it's easier for the group as a whole to move forward and it's easier for that individual to get better. Right, because he's not making excuses. You keep making excuses, things never get fixed. Um, so I do think we're growing in that way. Was there miscommunication on the first uh, D pass? Uh, miscommunication, a little bit. I, you know, sometimes pass fits are, you know, play action. You know what I mean? And you know, they set up a play. It's again, it's a play that we saw against Louisville, um, and. You know, the safety bit a little bit more. The, you know, it was a high-low concept, but we, we got to be in a better position and at the very least get the thing on the ground. So uh, I don't want to say it was a miscommunication, but we could have been in a much better position with two players. With, with Jarvis being from down there, and he's obviously an emotional player, um, when you have a situation like this, do you do you watch that? Do you, do you, do you pay closer attention to how a guy is emotionally because I imagine you can get too worked up maybe for, for a game where you probably know everybody on that team. Yeah, I mean, that's why we – but that's why we train and coach the way we do for these games. You know, we try not to have a check-the-box day around here. You know, and what does that mean? Like during walkthroughs, we're trying to challenge our guys and not make them uncomfortable, but put them on edge because at the end of the day, you know, I'm constantly saying to our coaches and individual, make it real. You know, don't don't go through the motions because never on a Saturday, especially in a game of this magnitude, uh, do you ever you always get a little heightened heightened sense of how you're trying to go about your business. And so we're constantly trying to create that uh, in meetings, in walkthroughs, in practice, in pregame, just so our guys have a sense of operating at that level because it's hard to create that atmosphere. Um, you only get to play 12 guaranteed games a year in you always have a higher emotion when the game gets kicked off, no matter who you're playing, but especially when you come down to, a, to an in-state rival like this game. So, you know, we like to say that we're trained for these moments because of how we operate day to day, and um, that'll be for sure true this week. Adam, uh, he's played well in the slot this year. Do you envision Kevin Knowles just being a slot corner? Do you see him as he progresses, maybe going outside? Yeah. Do you think about that right now in the middle of the season? You know, we, we, we're always thinking about recruiting. You know what I mean? Like, we never not. So when you think about recruiting, you are always thinking about your current roster, right? Because you're trying to fill positions and needs. You don't have unlimited scholarships. Um, so Kevin's practice corner, you know, like – he just he hasn't gone out there much this year because of we've used him in, in in the slot more. So I don't want to say he'll never play corner and that he's just the nickel moving forward all the time. Um, but I definitely feel comfortable with him there. 
you know, but I'm not going to shut off. Like, I think you're, you're doing a player injustice when he feels um, really comfortable with work and he thrives upon it. I think it's our job to develop them in other ways. I think that's our job. You know, it's not just to make sure he's really good now. It's making sure he's getting better in the future. And I think ways to do that is to involve him in other concepts other than just what he's doing because I do think it helps in their overall development. Um, so, I mean, Kevin will end up playing corner here as well. Um, just right now, going into this week, you know, he, he plays nickel and that's where he's lined up most of the year. I feel like the, every, the goal of every defense is to, first and foremost, to stop the run, and you guys have done a really good job of that. But it seems like Miami is just totally relying on their passing game right now. So when it comes to strength on strength sort of stuff, is it, I don't know, I mean, is it a comfort to know what they're going to be throwing at you guys mainly, what you guys have to do to, to win this football game? A little bit. I mean, I still think the, you know, they're not going to line up and throw the ball 70 times. You know, there will be handoff runs, and I think, their running backs, maybe their most explosive player, um, from a if there's space, he'll go score. You know, and now the touches and the targets and whatever that all is, number wise, and obviously they're throwing the ball in that, and that's where the statistics lie. Um, but I, I think you you got to make sure you're paying attention to the back because he's he can definitely take it from anywhere on the football field. So. You know, I think it's a balance, but it's our job to find out, you know, where the tendencies lie that we can lean on the throw game. You know what I mean? Whether it's situationally, whether it's formationally, whether it's by back set, whether it's by situation on the field or field geography. So, you know, that's our job each week. You know, it's easy to go on Sunday night and say, this team's going to throw the ball over the yard, that's it. You know, but we got to keep digging into the numbers and making sure that we give our players the accurate information. So when it comes time and the moment that we can really rush the passer or lean on, on the coverage aspect, we'll get that done. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.